coming up this week on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast and across the TSMS radio network. We'll chat Buffalo Bills with the gentleman from Ending the Drought podcast, plus a little bit of Blue Jays talk at the end of the show to finish things off. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Smitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome inside the Smitty and Mitty Show studio for yet another week as Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith are going to take you through the next hour with some riveting sports talk some of the best mediocre sports talk you have ever heard but first we're going to thank our sponsors dave middleton sunlight financial life is brighter under the sun gold line curling the choice of champions my co-host noah smith to my right noah this week last week was week one of the football season we're going to get to talk a whole lot of football this week yeah a whole lot of football coming up on the show i was excited um Everybody knows that Mitty got me into football with sports betting. I'm happy to announce that I'm off to a fantastic start on my football bets. I am two for three, which 66% rate. That's pretty good, so I hear. Uh, We are excited. Lots of football coming up on the show. Jake Cranston of Ending the Drought podcast will join us uh, in segment two, which will also go across on the uh, um, uh, Rogers TV network, and we're across the TSMS radio network, of course, right now. Podcast 106 and we got a lot of talk. A little bit of Jays later on in the show, maybe as well. Jays playing some good baseball here as we work through this week in the playoffs just around the corner. And you know what I'm trying to do for you? I'm really trying to get a nice Ottawa Senators guest to come on so you can talk a little hockey. As hockey is just around the corner as That's well. That's so kind of you. Well, they're kind of relevant at this point. They're kind of working their way into relevancy. Like kind of like a, you know, like a double-sided compliment you know like backhand they're, across the face but also like they're trying to on the they're, trying to, they're trying to sneak in the back door right now of the nhl relevancy so I, i've caught them i've okay. caught them trying to sneak in late okay. at night one yep. in the morning had a couple pints and they're trying to get into their bed but that i sound, caught them and i'm trying to get someone to talk about so it. ottawa it sounds so <laughs> ottawa it just totally relates uh but I, I appreciate that we need to talk some leafs though as well because we actually have not done that i look back we have not done that in a while I feel like it was the end of last season, which probably is makes sense. But um, before the NHL season gets underway, we probably need to talk about both of our favorite hockey clubs. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's nothing to talk about. Okay. What do you What do you talk about? I don't know. Like, the Toronto Maple Leafs season doesn't start until the playoffs. Really, you just anticipate them making the playoffs, and then other than that, you're just kind of roll, riding the roller coaster that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. The ups, the downs, the goalies suck, the D's suck. They still have a whole lot of players. They have players not signed. They're about $2 million over the cap right now. They still need to get their way down. And being $2 million over the cap, they're still signing players to PTOs. You just you just said there's not a whole lot to talk about and then rambled off a list of about four or five really good things that you could talk about regarding the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm just saying. It's probably something we should do in the next month or so before the season gets underway. Well, the biggest conversation with the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be the goaltending. We talked about Matt Murray. We talked about that trade and everything that went into it. It was a fantastic trade for, for one team. I I am very comfortable <laughs> with where the Toronto Maple Leafs are defensively, or, or where the trade Maple Leafs are goaltending-wise and defensively. Signing guys like you know Victor Mete, Jamie Benn, some guys that can do some work on that back end and keep the puck away from a goaltender like Matt Murray, who does thrive when he doesn't get as many shots. The problem was he was getting peppered in Ottawa. Yeah. And it's a very that, bad defense in front of him. Listen, we've we've been over this. I don't have an issue with Matt Murray, the goaltender, when he's on, when he's playing good hockey, when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last three seasons. Hasn't played a full season. Has been injured parts of it. Has been injured for almost all of it at times over the last three or four years. Uh, you're talking about a Stanley Cup champion, but has ran into some, I don't want to call them health problems, injury problems. And you know what? If he can have a full year, and I think we said this when the trade happened, if he can have a full year, a healthy season, it'll be a win trade for Toronto. And that goes with having another goaltender who can take over. It's going to be a 50-50 split, basically, right? The Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Hopefully. 
That's what you're hoping for. And that's that's what you'll need with Murray. Is you'll need someone that can play the other 50%, 55% of the games. You know what I'm very excited about, actually? And you kind of worked our way into talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. For the first time sure in, a, in a long time, I think Kyle Dubas is doing it right by bringing in lower-end guys to make a competition for a fourth and third line. There really hasn't been a competition for that bottom line. And I think now you have guys that have been on the the team before, if it's Kerfoot, if it's Wayne Simmons, who still who can't just walk into camp and assume that they're going to be on that fourth line. That creates a better hockey team. It does. It, it creates a little bit of intensity. It creates guys coming in in better you'll, shape, being ready to play hockey. And you'll play better hockey on a fourth line, knowing that you need to play good hockey or you're not going to be there, right? If that spot is always there for you, what is the incentive to play better hockey in the eight minutes of ice time you get a night, right? Some of these fourth liners. So uh, I think it's a good thing. So before we get to, we're going to talk Bills. We're going to talk Bills oh, in segment bills, two. Bills and NFL in segment two. Jays They're, coming up in segment three. Right. So I don't want to take up our Jays time by talking about this. So I want to ask you it now. Did you see the rule changes that the MLB are implementing next year? Okay. I did see them. Larger bases, mm-hmm. pitch clock. Am I missing anything? And the larger bases were, it was cut. It was minute. It's they're they're the exact same size as the minor league bags. It's just the minor league bags have always been bigger than the major league bags. Yeah. So all they did was bring the minor league bags. In. You won't notice it, and it won't make a difference. Where in... you might notice it is the fact that steals have and, and running have actually been up by about ten percent in the minor leagues with these bags. It'll make some of those slight plays go the other way. And it might stop from what I mean. Buck Martinez hates apparently because he went on a rant one game. <laughs> about, you know, a pop-up slide where you come off the bag or oversliding the bag. Apparently, he hates that. That might help it a little bit. But the biggest thing, obviously, is the pitch clock. Huge. Pitch clock coming in. And, and there's other things. I mean, the pickoffs, they're limiting three pickoffs per batter. Um, on the third pickoff, if you don't get the batter or if you don't get the runner, then it's an automatic base. So you can pick over again. It's just mm-hmm. you have to get them. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the bunting foul with two strikes. Right, they're like, go ahead and do it, but like, we're don't, not going to give you another chance, fail. right? We're not going to give you another well, the, chance. They couldn't so, just say that you can only do it three times; you can't do it anymore, or something like that, because then obviously, if after you do it twice, it would be like, oh, I'm just going to run. You can't pick off, so yeah. it'd be an automatic bag. So they had to put something in there, but the moves are there because, and what it will do is it'll make things a little bit more interesting because if you pick if you pick over twice, my lead's going to get a little bit bigger now. Right, my lead in theory will start to get a little bit bigger now because are you going to go over a third time and risk? not getting me right so it could create actually more pickoffs does that make sense i could see it happening it might create more successful pickoffs it's not going to create more pickoffs in general but it's because i don't think many pitchers are going to put themselves in a situation where they're two pickoffs deep well i I don't recall if you posed the question to me if you were going to ask me if i'm in favor of that i like the move i like that which one all of them or just the 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 pitch clock like you said the bases whatever it is what it is you won't notice that day-to-day watching baseball i don't think it's going to make a difference um the pitch clock love it needs to happen um major league baseball needs to speed things up and and keep in mind major league baseball games aren't that terrible calling games in the intercounty baseball league is the worst thing ever three and a half four hour games they need the pitch clock more than anybody else in the world believe me um but that and then the pickoff move, I, like I, I agree with that. There is nothing worse than first, third inning, fourth inning in a ball game that doesn't mean anything. And you can't figure out what pitch you want to throw to the plate. So now I'm just going to pick over six times like that slows down the game so much. I wish that there was a stipulation in that rule, maybe where if it was like ninth inning and beyond, take it out. Does that make sense? Like later on in ball games. Take that rule out because I feel like now the game, um, those become that much more important. I heard that brought up before, and I'm not in favor of that, and I'll tell you why. How much does a run in the first inning mean? As much as a run in the ninth. That's it. The The ninth inning means as much as the first inning. The only difference is it's later in the game. So why are you putting restrictions on an early inning versus a later inning? It's a rule. It's a rule. Do it. It's 20 seconds with nobody on, and I think 17 with somebody on. For sure. That is a lot of time. Oh, it yeah. really is. I'm half that. You're supposed to get a ball out of your hand within 14 seconds of getting to get back because that helps with the 
with the the hitter can't get rid of what the last pitch was and you can help with sequencing blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah blah. That was part of our whole school thing. Psychology. Yes. Psychology. Exactly. Psychology. Yeah, psychology all the way. <laughs> so you you need to get the ball out of your hand in, in in the first place in that time. And what I anticipate seeing is the same as the sicky stuff. When you know, remember when Sergio Romo took his belt off and started throwing things and took his pants off because the umpire was coming to check him. I can foresee it that happening again. When the first time that a pitch clock does run to zero and a ball is called, there's going to be a freak out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be somebody stupid like like Madison Bumgardner. It's going to be one of those kind of people who are just high strung and have been around forever that you can see snapping. And it's going to happen. And it's going to be interesting to see if the um, if that scares the umpires from calling it. Because they I, need to call they need it, to call it later in the game as well. I wonder from an official's point of view, and we got to be quick here before we finish off this first segment, but I wonder for an official's point of view, how like lenient are you? Are you hard on it at 15 seconds? Or are you, if a guy's been good all ball, all ball game, right? He's been fantastic at getting the pitch out of his hand before the time. And then one time in the eighth, he goes a second over. Are you calling that right away? Do they have to? Is MLB going to be on them to make sure it's called right away? I'm interested to see that. And where it's going to affect, I think, more is the relievers. Because you see a reliever who comes in and throws one-on-one and then takes 20 seconds to walk around the mound to try and gather himself. You don't have that option. Maybe you have to throw 96. Maybe you have to dial it back a bit because you just don't have the opportunity to collect yourself. Catch your breath and get ready to go for another one. Like and guess gotta... what? That's going to be great for baseball, let alone it was cutting an average of like 25 minutes off of a minor league game. But on top of that, if it's going to add us offense because pe- pitchers are going to be a little more tired, they're going to miss their spots, they're going to hit the middle of the plate a little bit more, it's going to be a little lesser velo. So are you going to see some more offense? This is this this it could potentially be a game changer for baseball because let's let's not get it wrong. If you're not a fan of baseball, baseball's boring. Baseball's yeah, long. Absolutely. How many times do we hear that when you tell someone you're a baseball fan? Oh, baseball? Boring, right? How many times have you met a girl throughout your teenage years and they're like, uh, I can't stand to watch baseball. Boring, right? This will speed things up a little bit. I, I think it'll I make think the- I found your problem in high school. That's the fact you were talking to girls about baseball. Mm. Is that the problem? Yeah. I can think of a few more. I can think of a few more. Uh, We're going to talk some Bills and football. The NFL season is back underway on the other side of the show. If you want some more baseball content, you got to wait about another 25 minutes because we got more coming up here on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast, episode 106, and across the TSMS radio network. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on Rogers TV. Joining us now from Ending the Drought of Bills Fan Podcast, returning guests Jake Cranston and Jeff Webster joining us here. Gentlemen, thanks for hopping on the show. It's a pleasure to see you all again and talk some football. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We're, we're glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's start with, so Thursday night, Bills-Rams was an amazing game. The Bills basically held... They had the, the game the whole time. They were in charge the whole time. With Aside from a couple turnovers in the first half, it could have been way worse than it actually was. Was that the Bills that were expecting that this year, or was that more the Rams giving the game away? Well, I personally think that if you look back at the last couple of games in the playoffs, they just picked up exactly where they left off. A lot of people are talking about the fact that had the Bills not suffered that loss in the last 13 seconds, uh, lost a coin toss. They probably could have been uh, not only in the Super Bowl, but won it. So for me and Jake, we uh, obviously are big Bills fans, but we also look at it as objectively as we possibly can. And we both called for the Bills to win that game. 
probably not as significantly as they did, but yeah, it was no real surprise for us. Yeah, I had them at 31 to 21. I Going into the game, I said they're going to win by 10. That was where I was set at. So at least I got the 31 right, at least, you know. <laughs> Uh, this obviously the the opening game of the season for the NFL, a big matchup against the Rams. What does this mean for this Bills team going on the road, winning the opening game of the season, and in the fashion that they did, like we talked about? How important is this win for this team moving forward? Yeah, I mean it, it helps really solidify what we are this year. I mean Vegas has us as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of people you know, from last year with that 13 second debacle, um, you know, it, it means a lot to the fan base, Bill's mafia. And it, it means a lot to this team. I mean, look at what Sean McDermott has done from when he came in 2017 to the point we're at right now. I mean, who would have thought Josh Allen would have been what he is right now? I, you know, I thought he was going to be a good quarterback. A lot of people like Jeff, he thought he was going to be a good quarterback we had a lot of fans wanted the other Josh. So just the growth of where we started to where we are now and going into LA like that and making a statement. I mean, that is, that's huge moving forward. And I can't wait for, for Monday night. Yeah. And the quality of the organization, that's basically a reflection of everything that they've put into this team so far. And uh, to win on the road, Super Bowl champs for when you're hoping to be uh, in a Super Bowl, what better way to start? I mean, that was perfect. You couldn't ask for much more. Yeah, there's nothing better than stomping all over the banner as it's uh, being raised up to the rafters. You <laughs> you mentioned, obviously, the 13 seconds and, and the pain that the Bills went through. Were you guys happy with the way that the NFL addressed the overtime and, and you know, fixed the coin flip? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was long overdue. Everybody talks about a couple of years previously, Kansas City suffered a similar... Uh, defeat to a coin toss when they had never had an opportunity. And then naysayers, of course, would bring up um, other times uh, historically where the coin toss didn't really uh, have an impact on the final score. So, yeah, I think it was just, it just makes sense. College football has had it right for so long and the NFL just refused to, to, in our opinion, make it fair. That's all they did. So the biggest thing with, I think the biggest thing coming into the Bills season this year was obviously a new offensive coordinator. Who knows what's going to happen? How do you think Ken Dorsey did in game one? How did you like the offensive scheme? Sheesh. Uh, for me, I, I mean, I, I followed Ken Dorsey in college. I'm a huge college football fan. So watching him play on that stacked team in Miami, um, I mean, he he has all the tools, you know, to, to call an offensive game like he did. And the way he worked with Josh in that game, I, I thought was, was genius, you know, get the ball out quick. That's what you got to do when you have a guy like Aaron Donald. So he did that. He got the ball out quick. Um, and the game plan was great. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to push the ball down the field early and we took advantage of that. Uh, obviously we had a couple fumbles. Uh, well, actually, what was it? Four fumbles. Well, in total in the game, two interceptions, two fumbles, or whatever. Yeah, so, four turnovers. So yeah, it was tough to to see that. Again, it's week one, but I I personally couldn't be more happy with what Ken Dorsey called in that game. I I thought it was pretty genius, to be honest with you. And we had a lot of confidence in him to begin with because he also worked so closely with Brian Dayball. Our hope was the offense wouldn't change dramatically. It may just become slightly more creative because. Uh, Ken Dorsey is a competitor uh, that he is. He's out there to win every play, not every game, but every play. Well, let's talk a little bit about Josh Allen in that game, the season opener, uh, obviously a 31 uh, points on the board. It was a good offensive game. We didn't see Josh rush the ball nearly as much as in games past, right? You look back to last year in particular, uh, are we going to see him, you know, maybe throw the ball a little bit more, maybe run the ball a little bit more, uh, kind of stay away from the rushing yards this season, or was that game kind of just an outlier to start the year? Um, I running the ball and scrambling and, and um, extending plays as part of who he is. So it'll never be eliminated, but I think even he would admit there's times when he may just throw the ball away instead of risking the hit. 
you know, you don't want to stop him from being who he is. That's what makes him a top three quarterback in the NFL is all of those intangibles and leaping over guys and, you know, ducking his head down and hitting the goal line. That's who he is. But at the same time, as he matures, as time goes on, uh, we just heard a, a thing about Tom Brady talking about the pain he felt the next day after this last game. So as you get older, um, as I can tell you, and, and probably other people too, you know, you feel things a little bit more. So yeah, I think he will gradually probably get away from that a little bit, but it is who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, de- it is definitely who he is. We were just talking about this actually on our, uh, podcast that we recorded yesterday. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that we talk to friends, you know, guys that were in fantasy leagues with stuff like that. Um, they don't want Josh running 10 times a game, you know, and it's just who he is. That's that he, when he was on the Kyle Brands podcast, he was asked that question and he said, look, it's football, you know, and that's how the guy, that's how the guy plays. And you, you, you can't take that away from the guy when he wants to play football like that. That's what made him the style of player he is. And, you know, an MVP style caliber player. So can't change a guy like that. And when you can stiff arm somebody like he can stiff arm somebody, then yeah, you can go ahead and run the ball to, to the sidelines. Yeah, it helps. He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, I mean, they really didn't do much to address the backfield. I mean, they seem to be okay with having a dual tandem between the two backs and, and obviously a rookie back that can jump in whenever. But it's not like they went out there and got somebody who can go get some extra yards. It seems like Josh Allen is the starting quarterback and the starting running back. And then there's also just some some extra pieces that can punch the ball in. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen is, is uh, he's going to give you a best of both worlds. Um, the, the one thing that I didn't personally like, and I was telling Jeff on the podcast the other night is you can't let Zach Moss get the most touches on your offense in a game. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how that happened or why it happened. Um, but it, it's just odd, you know, you sing, you got to feed Singletary in my opinion has got to get the rock more. The guy he, yeah, sorry, he, but he also looked really good in the first half. Like he, yeah, he was getting yeah. extra yards. He was getting four or five yards per carry, which is pretty much all you need just to, to keep the mind off of the pass game and off of Josh Allen a little bit. So he can sneak. That's all you need. You just need four or five Absolutely. yards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Jeff, um, Jeff, what was he, what did he do in the playoffs last year? I mean, the guy. Yeah. And the last, the last six games of the season, he, he was phenomenal. I, I mean, I don't know the specifics, but I think it was like, six touchdowns i think he had three in the playoffs they let him carry the ball more and he he made it work uh over five yards a carry or whatever he just yeah he was very successful and even this game i think he was six yards a carry so yeah he's been effective as a running back and i think they will use him a little bit more probably going forward i do you know and bringing in a guy like aaron cromer as our new offensive line coach i mean that's that's huge um you know two new starters on our offensive line. Well, typically Questenberry was, was getting the start because, um, you know, Spencer Brown was hurt, but uh, Saffold, I mean, they, that's a huge addition for our run game on that side. You know, Deion Dawkins can speak more highly of the guy. So, you know, that's, that's great to have that. And when we need to run the ball this year, I think we're going to be able to have that in our back pocket. Yeah. These are guys who blocked for King Henry. So, you know, uh, they know how to, uh, uh, they know how to uh, run black, no doubt. So Matt Stafford did not look good. And I'm kind of torn between if that was the Bills fault or that was his shoulder and elbows fault. And I'm kind of leaning towards the Bills fault because of how good that defense looked. I mean, they got to the quarterback consistently. There was pressure all game. There was really nothing for Matt Stafford to throw to when he did have the ball in his hands. How do you guys assess how the Bills defense played in week one? Well, I, I think it, it is exactly what you said. It's it's a two-part thing. He did find Cooper Cup to the tune of 128 yards or whatever. So with one player, he did really, really well. But you're right. The pressure was constant. There was very little time for him to think about where he was going to go. And, and uh, they brought in Allen Robinson, but there's no chemistry there. Robert Woods is gone. So it's basically uh, Tyler Higby's a fine tight end, but he's not. Travis Kelsey by any means. So yeah, they don't have a lot of uh, weapons for him to throw to right now. Um, Cooper cup, it's their whole game. And when he's not open, he's in trouble because he doesn't have time to find somebody else. 
he, he doesn't find anybody else. Allen Robinson played a bunch and I don't even know if he saw a catch or had a catch. I have no idea, yeah, but it was like yards. he disappeared. Oh yeah. One catch, 12 yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were talking uh, again, we brought it up um, uh, on the podcast before the, before the game last week that the Rams offensive line is, is completely different, you know, than last year. They, they have a completely different left starting tackle that we obviously took advantage of. He had what, 17 uh, starts in his career. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I Joe mean, note boom. Yeah. And they're all pro left tackle retired. So now they've got a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience on the blind side for Matt Stafford. And of course, who's he got to face against Von Miller is lining up on his side. Yeah. So that's tough. What what does that new addition in Von Miller mean? Because he looked like a new guy. He looked like he had an extra step or an extra spring in his step. He he was able to get to the quarterback very efficiently and just looked like the old Von Miller, the championship Von Miller. What does he mean to the defense? Yeah. Did you guys see the uh, video letter to Buffalo by chance? I Von Miller. I did. No. no. Check it out on YouTube. Um, it, it's you know for us Bills fans, for Jeff and I uh, especially. It gets you emotional. You know, he brings up um, all the heartbreak that we had to face, you know, the four Super Bowl losses, the Music City Miracle, the 13 seconds, and it's called Burn It All. Um, it's a great video. And the one thing he brings up is he was supposed to be drafted by us, you know, but Denver took him number two. And then, boom, we went with them, Marcel Darius. So he felt like he was supposed to be a bill and it just took this long for him to be here. And finally it was his choice, you know, to, to come here. And I think all of that together, like you said, it just kind of rejuvenates him to, to play. And he, he brings it up. He wants to win a championship, not only obviously for him and for the, for the bills, but you know, this fan base, you know, <laughs> I mean, this fan base deserves, uh, a championship at this point. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long time coming. Yeah. He, he quickly adopted and was adopted by this community and this team. I mean, like uh, they, he's been, it's like, he's been here for years, you know, and uh, the, the process that the Buffalo bills talk about, he, he fits that blue collar work hard, earn your place uh, type of player. Perfectly, perfectly. And him, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but he has this uh, camp, rushing the passer camp. All the Bills uh, defensive ends were there. So he's been working with the young guys. They got a lot of potential, uh, the Buffalo Bills, and young guys, Boogie Basham and um, A.J. Epines, uh, uh, you know, and um, Greg Rousseau. Like, they got three really young guys that are going to learn a ton from a probably first ballot Hall of Famer. We got a couple more in a minutes here, Wilbur. Uh, we're going to talk about Bills and then move on to just some general NFL stuff in just a little bit. And I wanted to talk quickly here. You mentioned earlier on, and we talked about it, I think, last week on our show. Coming into the season, Las Vegas has the Bills as Super Bowl favorites. You guys, obviously, longtime Bills fans. You've seen a lot of seasons. You've seen a lot of good football teams. One game in, does this team feel any different? Does this feel like this could be the year that they get it done? Yeah, well, you talked about this on our podcast also. Um, I think one of the things that if you watch the Buffalo Bills, what at least through one game, again, it's one game, but it appears that they're playing at a different level of actual passion, like maybe all the scars from all the pain. And and uh, I'm sure you saw the Stephon Diggs watching the Kansas City celebrate the championship win. And, and now they get to stand in the tunnel while they raise a Super Bowl banner that in their minds, they're thinking they could have had like, uh, you know, that 13 seconds. So there's been a whole lot of that pain and it's led them to play with a, a certain uh, chip or aggression that maybe not everybody has. And it, it appeared uh, in this first game, like it's, it's a real thing. We, we believe it to be a real thing, but it's one game in, you don't really know, but yeah, it does feel different. Like from a, from a fan's perspective in Buffalo, at least <laughs> the two of us, like, think i can speak for jake is it does feel different it feels uh, stronger you know uh more aggressive yeah yeah it doesn't um i don't know if i mentioned it the last time i was on your show but i'm at the point now where i'm a 10 year season ticket holder um and i'm going to be at the game monday night and just the buzz of this game coming up is 
probably the biggest that I can ever remember. Um, Josh going into this season again is, um, you know, one of the top MVP favorites, the bills, like you guys said, you know, they're Super Bowl favorites at this point. Um, but it, there's just a feeling of just more preparedness from these guys. They seem ultra focused. Um, and they all know what the goal is this year. Obviously the goal last year was the same, but like Jeff said, the, the scars that we've obtained through this regime with, you know, Josh being a fifth year quarterback, McDermott being here, you know, for the time he's been here, they've obtained uh, the amount of scars that I guess it kind of takes to really have that drive uh, to put you into that level. And then again, the guys we added this year and, and, you know, Von Miller and Daquan Jones and Tim Settle and, you know, we had a great draft. I mean, we're starting uh, rookie corners against the Rams and these guys held their own. So it just as a whole, um, it, it feels different. It feels different in this community. And I mean, it, we're all ready to go. That reminded me of something because we, we talked about it actually way more than we probably should have here. But when they were talking about a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills and talking about public money coming from taxes, as the people paying those taxes, <laughs> how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about a new Bill Stadium? Well, I, I think part of it is um, hanging over our heads for the longest of time, especially when they're not doing very well. As you're well aware, there were several seasons the Bills had home games in Toronto. Um, there was always that threat of losing a franchise. And if, as a taxpayer, if you look at all the things you spend money on, the probably the biggest draw in the way in terms of uh, entertainment, you know, this side of New York State is the Buffalo Bills, you know, not counting on any of the casinos, of course, which are real popular. But <laughs> but yeah, that investment, um, it's something I've been a part of since I would before I was 10 years old, like when the Bills uh, established themselves in 1960 as a year I was born. So as an eight year old, I started following the Bills. And at 30, I'm watching them go to four straight Super Bowls. They've been a huge part of my life. It's a no-brainer for me um, because there is a, you spend a lot of money in taxes in New York State. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Move but here. you don't get to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you don't get to see where it goes. You don't really know where it's going. Well, this at least you know. you know, And, and there is some return that comes with it. And part of it is the opportunity to watch a team that you absolutely love uh, play football 16 17 games a year at least so but does that do, does that not infuriate you that billionaires are are looking for your money so they don't spend their own money just so you can go spend money at the stadium that they own anyways like that just oh yeah absolutely it, it frustrates me that they use they they pull your heartstrings and say we'll just move the team when the promise was we're buying this team so it doesn't move anywhere right, and now yeah. the threat is if we don't get a new stadium and get a huge chunk of public money that is going to move. That's, that's infuriating to me that they're going to take your money so that you can go in and spend your money. It, it yeah, frustrates part, the absolute hell out of me. Yeah, no, that part of it sucks. And unfortunately that's corporate America. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of how it works. Like look at Amazon, you know, and look at Jeff Bezos and he, he, he makes threats. He, he's not, he's going to pull out of different cities and he's not going to be there, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation. It sucks that these guys have more money than God, basically, and they're making us pay for it. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're the ones that want this here, you know, and if, if it got taken away from us, especially in our community, you know, we're a small community. If we don't have, if we didn't have the bills here, I, I don't, what, what would we yeah, do around right. here? You know, it, there's not... There's, yeah, hockey in October. So yeah, we, we would we wouldn't be uh, we love hockey. Don't get me wrong, guys, <laughs> but it's not the Bills. So um, having a new stadium and solidifying us being here for the next, you know, what is it, thirty years, thirty years yeah, or whatever like it is. That, yeah. I mean, that 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 uh, makes you feel a lot better. So. You are right. You could right. probably rant for about a half hour on all the things that are wrong, and you know, corporate America. Unfortunately, it's an easy target. But yeah, I guess, you know, you get the good and the bad. That's unfortunately, that's the way it works. 
well, and at the end of the day, right? Uh, a little bit more in tax money or lose the one thing that we let's be honest, they were not they were never going to move the bills like they weren't going anywhere. They make way too much money where they are, especially in a perfect place like Orchard Park. They they weren't going anywhere. It was all an empty thread. Right. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's good. I mean, it's it was a pretty split decision, like where we live. Jeff and I live, uh, you know, south of Orchard Park, about 20 minutes in Springville. and everybody from like Orchard Park South or in the South Towns wanted to keep it in Orchard Park. You you talk to pretty much anybody in the North Towns city, everybody wanted it downtown. You know, I personally, I didn't want nothing to do with it being downtown. Just, it's a nightmare. I mean, you guys have been to games, you know, it's pretty rural. You can, you can get out, you know, fairly easy compared to, to city games and it's just it's it would have been a nightmare it is it is absolutely perfect where it is because if you go to orchard park aside from a sunday there's nobody there like it is it is empty there's nothing and then as soon as it's sunday you couldn't you can't find a parking spot for for five miles well and and take it like we're blue jays fans for baseball they play right smack dab in downtown toronto it's terrible on a game day it sucks oh sure getting to the stadium is terrible it's brutal. So I think it's in it's in the perfect spot. And I think there was, if I remember, there's there's one new stadium and it might be LA, but I don't remember for sure. They have in their contract that as soon as there is a hologram video replay available, the city has to buy it for them. That was in their contract. Just, <laughs> no kid, that's just, awesome. them, just them throwing in some little things that could never come true, but they don't want to pay for. Jake, Jeff, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again when the bills are, are hosting the trophy and you're going to have to change the name of your podcast. Ended the drought. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ended the drought. There you go. There you go. Yeah, guys, yeah. for you. Uh, thank you gentlemen for joining us. Always a pleasure. And we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Finances change as life changes. Like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Big thank you to Jake Cranston, Jeff Webster from Ending the Drought Bills Fan Podcast for joining us in segment two to talk about, well, what was supposed to be the Bills and the NFL, but really just turned out to be the Bills. It always does. Can we ever just talk about how many, just the Bills? I was going to say, well, not even like to take the Bills and football out of this equation. How many times do we plan to talk about stuff and never get to it? I figure it's way better to plan on talking about more things than to be mid-interview and run out of things. This is one of the things we have learned over 106 episodes. Better to over-plan than under-plan and under-deliver. Because we've been there. Oh, we have. Where you get halfway through and you're like, ah. Go listen through like episodes (laughs) 1 through 40 and I'm sure it happened every other episode. Like, "Ah, I guess we're going to let you go because we're pretty much out of things to ask you. Yeah, like, uh, who am I thinking of off the top of my head? We're going to get to Jason just McNiven. Right, we right. did not prepare nearly enough for his forty-five second answers. This has nothing against Niv, but like, not nearly enough prep by us. We thought fifteen questions was going to be enough. It got us through about eleven minutes. Well, here's, and I don't think Niv is listening. Oh, so I, I think we're okay. Okay, but if he is, then it has nothing. I appreciate Niv jumping on. <laughs> in 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 every way, I appreciate him jumping it's on just and talking typical, with us. Like, how it's many, just, just just athletes I don't think, have longer answers. It's I, always, I think we got spoiled by talking to. Uh, churchman you know True. as our first athlete our so first hockey very player well spoken he is so when we got to what is a traditional athlete in mm-hmm. michael mcnivens and one who you know english is you know a second language yeah that there was just shorter answers and i don't think we were prepared for that no. by any means so i think it was like a 15 minute interview when we planned on on 25 yeah, i think it was less than that i think it was honestly like 11 minutes long it was short we had to pair up the guests in the episode but that's fine but that's fine sometimes you gotta do that not our worst episode. 
Far from it. What was our worst episode? Na- I, name a guest. Oh, I'm not going to name a guest. I can't. It wouldn't. It see. Here's the thing. It probably wouldn't even be a guest thing. It would probably just be us. Actually, I know what. I'm not not naming names. This one never even got to air because oh, we tried to I know do a exactly phone. What it is. We tried yeah. to do a phone interview and it just did not work. Keep in mind, we could probably do that now if we wanted to, but we were not ready for that at that point but in it, time. Yeah, it it hadn't. It's not that the guest who was a very high-profile guest. Knowledgeable man. He, like, the owner of a major hockey league in the United States. He, I wish. That might give it away. How many hockey leagues are there? I don't know. The people States? got Wikipedia at the tip of their yeah, fingers, So you man. think people are just looking up right now <laughs> owners of hockey leagues in the United States? You can you can narrow it down. There's not that many hockey leagues in the United States. There's tons. I don't want to name them because the first one that's going to come to mind is the league, and and then, then <laughs> but it, it doesn't even matter because it's not his fault. It, it was. I wish we could talk to him again. And Listen, we man, we got about seven to. minutes left here in this segment to talk Blue Jays. Are we going to do it? Yeah, I'm torn because I still want to talk more NFL because the NFL <sighs> was was huge. On the NFL. Well, it was week one. It was. It was exciting. And it I'm kind of disappointed. Back. I'm really disappointed actually because. Listen, I haven't been a Bills fan for like super long, not as, as as long as our previous guests have been. Nope, season ticket holders for 10 years. But I've been a Bills fan for long enough that it was pretty routine that in the one o'clock window, you were going to get the Bills because nobody cared. They were a mid-level team. Unless they happen to be playing a really good team, you might get a four o'clock game. But they were consistently in the one o'clock window. And now they just have primetime games left and your, right and left and right. Thursday night to kick the season off, then your Monday and then night Monday. week two. And I, I'm kind of worried that that's going to hurt them in a way. I mean, yes, it's extra rest and that's fine, but it's taking a little bit of the momentum away. And you're coming home, you're going to Orchard Park, yeah. there's going to be thousands upon thousands of screaming fans. I'm <laughs> sure it, they'll be fine. Does it change Bill's Mafia at all? A Monday nighter compared to Sunday afternoon at one o'clock? Well, I think in the Orchard only. Park? I think the only Monday nighter the bills had last year was that god awful football game between the pats and the bills where it was like raining sideways mm-hmm. you know the, the weather was terrible it was the, cold if i'm not yeah, mistaken the, the, the kicks and warm up were going backwards because of the wind you literally couldn't kick the football so like i think but still the bills fans were incredible that game and and you saw them. always will be always will be so they're going to be extra tuned up to be on a national televised game for sure it's going to be crazy in that building i can't wait can't i can't wait. wait for a month i think not what i'm going to do but... next week is i'm going to get us the interview for Monday so that I can tell my wife I'm going to do interviews. And we can turn the football game on down here? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, quickly, Blue Jays here. About five and a half minutes worth of Blue Jays talk to finish off the show this week. I'm going to stage the first question to you. Is it about time that Bo Bichette has turned it on? Let me ask it back to you. Did, okay. Did, okay. Hello? Did you just drop? Hello? Did your mic just turn off? Did it? No. Am we're I live. back? We're Am live. I back? We're live. You never went anywhere. <laughs> I feel like I could, I could hear it. Could you yeah. not hear my? No, no it I doesn't matter. hear you the entire okay. time. The, listen, man, repose the question. Kill, you are killing valuable airtime. Re- repose the question. You know how much we pay for this airtime? Okay. So $7 a minute. The the bills. No. Does this change? I'm reposing it back to you. Does it change your opportunity to trade Boba Shett? Because I was pretty okay with him trading Boba Shett in the offseason. Let me repose the question back to you. Do you now even want to trade Boba Shack? That was kind of my question that I posed to you. Okay, on the but I just, I honestly just wanted to repose one because you <laughs> reposed the question that I had. Uh, uh, I will answer. Uh, you're going to answer both. That's typical MIDI fashion. Well, you reposed it to me. <laughs> yeah, but it was a joke. It was a joke repost. Oh, okay. Then you answer. Okay. What was the question again? Okay. So. <laughs> Does it hurt Bob, uh, your ability to trade Boba Shett? It, it's not that it hurt. Does it hurt your mindset to trade Boba Shett? Are you scared to trade Boba Shett now? I think so. I think so. You're finally... And I guess I, I shouldn't say that. See how long this lasts. If he stays this hot all the way into playoffs and then in the playoffs, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think they'll want to move him. If he stays even a little bit less than this, probably the same situation. I don't think they're going to want to move him. If he goes back to being what he was for the first little bit, a good major league player, but not, you know, the guy that's hitting the cover off the ball in the lineup, maybe. I was always a guy along the thought process that my shortstop needs to be able to make defensive plays, and I really could care less if he hits. That's always who I've been. I would would rather have, you know, a, a Simmons play shortstop and be excellent defensively and save me runs. And just get almost nothing from him on the plate. Well, especially when you have offense in your lineup. Yeah, true. 
and it frustrates me more than anything when Boba Shed doesn't make MLB plays. When he gets to balls that they're never called errors because it is usually an extravagant play where a little bit extra effort, but it's a play that a major league shortstop needs to make that well, costs you. I wouldn't even call them extravagant plays. He's just on the run, makes a throw and it's late, right? That's not an error by the book, but it needs to be made in the major, but it leagues. needs to be made because you know what you need to do. You need to not lollygag to the ball. You need to not backhand it. You need to pick that ball up and you need to huck it across the infield. Have you seen this, uh, this O'Neill guy in Pittsburgh who throws it across the infield at like one Oh two. Do that. I like that. That looks good. This this kid's is making that as plays. easy as it is. You just pick her up so. and think it. I think so. Boba Shet needs to hit the gym, throw it one hundred two across the infield. Speaking of lazy, infield coach Noah Teoscar Hernandez mm. makes a very makes lazy play where Emmanuel Margot score, scores from first base on a single because of a lazy play by Teoscar Hernandez. The next day he's out of the lineup. Yes, it's about it's against a tricky right hander. Do you think there was another message sent? Like John Schneider has been has been fantastic. Oh, I love him. He's been fantastic. Such a great job in the in the back end of the, that doubleheader when in the seventh inning, you know, you got Whit Merrifield. He's putting trust in in a veteran who ends up hitting a double. Uh, the only thing you can use Bradley Zimmer for is to run at first base, and he scores from first on that exact double. Uh, Jordan Romano comes in. He he gives him a four out save. He gets one out, and then all of a sudden, you know what? We put up some runs. I don't want to go back to Romano. Like, these are all really good decisions by what should be a veteran. If that's Charlie Montoyo, do they win that second game? Mm-mm, because no, I don't think they do. They don't. Schneider's been fantastic, man. His decisions are much better. And you know what? I love seeing, and I keep on seeing the clips. They always come up on my Twitter page. Him and Pete Walker. They're like two buddies hanging out on the bench. They're always chirping, yelling at the umpires together. Love it. It's like two best friends. Do you think? Do you think the Blue Jays could give John Schneider a contract right now? Yep, I I, I would go as far as to say they almost should. They I should don't at least consider it. They should at least consider it. That and could... don't and don't kid yourself. I believe the wheels are turning up there in the front office. They're thinking about it. They're thinking hard. Speaking of the front office, I just think that John Schneider has been able... No, he does... Uh, Vinny Capra was on this team early in the year, right? Like, is, these pieces weren't here this is factual. for Charlie Montoya specifically, really. But I don't know if just Charlie had the galls to make those calls. Or even, like, this sounds mean, but I don't know if he had the baseball smarts to make those plays, make those calls. Well, and I think he was also... It goes back to him being a little bit more um, quiet... And how many times did we hear that he didn't have the room? That's the big thing. That's the big thing. These guys love playing for Schneider. So Teoscar Hernandez, before we got to go. Lazy. Offseason, he's a free agent. Are you even even offering him a contract? Are you even throwing out? um, I think so. But it's got to be for the right amount. It's not going to be. be, It can't be less than what what, I I don't even know what a qualifying offer is now. Is it 14? I think it's 14 and a half. uh Uh-huh. And if you if you extend a qualifying offer to get your compensation pick, I think he takes that because I don't think he's going to get that anywhere else. Mm, he might. He might. Someone might pay him. Someone who has money is going to pay Teoscar. Let Teoscar go. He's got he's got a lot of upsides. Find still. yourself a left-handed outfielder. Yeah, Tyler Middleton, left-handed outfielder. You don't want me playing the outfield. I do rake. No. Also, by do the you throw way, with your left hand. No. No. So you're not a left-handed outfielder. No, I'm a left-handed hitting outfielder. Okay, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want them to go out so and get a left-handed an throwing outfielder. So you are an outfielder. Care less you are an can. outfielder. By the way, I ca- I caused a lot of um, buzz around my my former baseball team, I guess. Oh, with the announcement. Yeah, because you clipped it and put it everywhere. I did not mean to do. I totally, I totally <laughs> did. So I, I immediately got kicked out of our group chat. So no, yeah, really? Yeah, that's a little bit harsh. Don't you think? <laughs> a little bit harsh Cobbs listen up he's still going to with OVAs calm down he'll be there with you he's not gone forever they don't listen once we win three games next year again he'll be back hey that would be an improvement no no we won three this year one was a forfeit though okay well we're gonna get at least one more (laughs) I thought there was no going down when we won four games the year prior there was there's numbers below four it exists Smitty Mitty Show we're gonna go (laughs) to break here finish things off on the other side across the TSMS radio network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. 
When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. The Smitty and Mitty Show is back here on the TSMS Radio Network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. We're going to finish things off here for the show this week. Another exciting, content-filled, mediocre sports talk show will come your way next week. Mr. Middleton, get off your phone. We're recording. My we're apologies. On, we're on, this is live. But they wouldn't know. It's not live, and they, live. they would have no idea if you didn't just say there, it. You'd have no idea if I didn't. If I could put this on live, you'd have no idea. This is on the radio. But but what radio? All of them. Every <laughs> every station. I hacked the world. We're on every radio station ever. That would help our numbers for would sure. It? Well, it'd be about eight we, billion. Yeah. Okay, but we wouldn't be allowed to record anything ever again. They yeah. would take the mics from but us. But we had eight billion listeners. Sure, one time. Is there any show that would even, even if you added them together, that rivals 8 billion listeners? Oh, I'm sure Joe Rogan's pretty close. You know how many zeros that is? Like five. I have no idea. <laughs> 12? Seven? Is it 12 zeros? Uh, a million's like five, isn't it? A million's six, no? A million's, uh, I don't know. Smitty Mitty Show, that does it for us this week. If you know how many zeros are in a billion. It's definitely a three in a hundred, six in a thousand. Six in a thousand. So nine. Seven in a million. So nine in a billion. Nine in a billion, because you can only go up to 99 million before you're at a billion. Is that how that works? No, 999. So there'd be 12. I think I'm right. There'd be like 14. Smitty Bitty Show, that does it for us. We're all out of time. We can't think about numbers anymore. Big thank you to our sponsors, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial Lincoln Garden. Life is brighter under the sun. Take us away. <laughs> I don't know what you're pointing at me for. Take us away. Check out the Smitty Mini Show Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, make sure you check us out next week. seconds. We'll be talking way more mediocre sports talk. Same place, same time. Eight for seconds. Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith, I say... Five, four, three. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs>